3: Welcome back, Thursday afternoon sports fourteen forty. Jason Greger, Connor Halling, Terry Ryan, with you on the Greger Show, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. Where, ooh, uh, we you know what? Uh, we'll do it right now. We did Of course, we do it every day on the show, and uh, we are looking. It's always uh, for charity. We have a lot of fun, and we do a three-way parlay, uh, twenty dollars. And we take—we always take at least one bet from uh, one of our listeners. You text in today. It was Mike. Uh, Mike wanted us to take Carolina over Seattle. Seattle's still looking for their first win of the season. The uh, Hurricanes are three and one. They've only given up twenty-five shots a game. They're not giving, but their goalies can't save a, a lick. But now you're taking on a team that can't score. So obviously, uh, Mike's feeling hey, good about the Hurricanes. All right. Uh, also has the Orders over the Flyers. And then we took the over in the, uh, ducks and stars. It was six. So basically you gotta be seven goals. Like, uh, like when they say six and a half or six, what's the difference? Like it's still, like you gotta be seven. So although I guess technically six is a push, right? So if it's four, two. So there you go. But, um, there you have it. So that's all at uh, playalberta.ca. And, uh, we do the anything that we make at the end of the month, we uh, donate to charity, which is nice. We were now granted, wait, hey, we're not professionals here when it comes to this it's all you know it's a little bit for fun with playalberta.ca but we were up 60 bucks in september so that's a good start and uh we are currently even in the month of october so we uh well who knows just finish strong that's what we're looking to to uh, finish strong and uh, help out a charity at the end of the month so if you ever have a lock of the day let us know 833-401-1440 we'll put it in you could help the kids Now it's time for Ryan's rant brought to you by Action Electrical, family-run business. They celebrated their 50th year earlier. It was an amazing evening, and you know what? They they are amazing and wanted to help you. If you're looking to uh, change things, think solar. Obviously, it's it's one of the new age things that uh, makes a big difference. You want to save on your heating bills, and you can get a $5,600 grant courtesy of the federal government. Go to ActionElectrical.net, and they will help you figure find that and figure out how to do it and save you some cash. Here is
0: Ryan's rant with Terry Ryan. So Jason, I was thinking the other day as I was trying to keep up with the baseball playoffs and, um, I was, I, I like baseball. I pay fairly close attention, especially to the American league and especially to the blue Jays. Um, but my dad's a huge Yankees fan. So there's always baseball on at the house and I'm really into it. And I like playoffs but I was watching, the I, I think it was last night or the night before, and I'm just like, you know, at this point, why isn't baseball over already? Like, now we've spilled over. The NFL's in season, or, or a game, a week six or seven. Um, the NHL's up and running, the NBA. It seems there's so much on the go. And I don't know. Now, and, and by extension, I thought about, and I remember having this feeling in June. And every June, when the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are over, and it seems to be anticlimactic, both sports in particular, at least a month earlier. I I, I just don't understand. Like, didn't you have that feeling? I, I don't know if you did. But for me, I mean, I followed the Canadian teams. I'm, I'm, it's a bit of a rush, you know, and I, it's not just them losing. I remember Florida and Vegas, and it was like people are going to the cottage and they're fishing and school's out. And you're like, what am I doing? I love hockey. I love it. There's nothing I love more, not even as a sport. For me, a trans- everything I do in life goes back to the game. It really does. But I don't know that I need it in, you know, when it's 30 degrees out in the summer. And I don't know. It's a winter sport. Baseball, it's a summer sport. The boys of summer. Now, I know Mr. October and, you know, I think that's Reggie Jackson, right? And it goes way back. And there's stories of great baseball playing in October. But I don't know. In today's dynamic, A, I don't understand why both sports just don't have it cleaned up a little bit earlier. And when it comes to hockey... I've thought about it, and I've often said the season's just too long. And I'm not saying with baseball, cut the games, although 162 seems a little bit excessive. But I get it. They've played that since almost day one. They're probably not going to change it for for, for for historical reasons. But for hockey, and I hear that same thing, well, you know, they'll never change the games because of the records. And then I look back. I said, man, there's always been a different amount of games. Like, In 1970, there was 76 games. Two years before that, there was 70. In 93, 94, 94, 95, they went up to 84 games. Then they cut it back to 82. In the 80s, it was 80. Uh, You know, so Rocket Richard, you hear these big 50 goals, 50... Okay, that is. That's something that you can measure, 50 goals in 50 games. But as far as point total, he only played 60 games. So I don't know why, and I've said it often. I think last time I talked about why hockey is so tough... And it is. But A, I just think it goes too long. I think fans lose it a little bit. I'd love to see the numbers. I'm thinking some people are tuning out like I am across North America of baseball right now. Uh, a, you're, if your team is not in it. But B, there's just so much, there's so many other options. And like a month ago would have been perfect. And the same thing with hockey. You know, you're in there and all of a sudden. It's three months into the baseball season. People are tanning. They're at their cottage. They're vacationing. And, you know, you're trying to watch some intense game that was born in the winter on the ice. So both things. I mean, I know I got a lot here to unpack, but I think the baseball season and the hockey season go too long. And I think the hockey season could definitely, for physical abuse reasons, or that's a bad way to put it, for physical adversity, mental adversity, I've talked about how hard a game it is, I think we could use a few less games or at least cut out half exhibition or something but definitely it should be done in May and I mean 20 years ago it was done in May so I I don't understand now why we have to go into not only June late June and the last thing I'll say when it comes to that is that it's almost a penalty if you don't win the Stanley Cup you don't win a ring but you got to go into June and my buddy is done in like mid April and has been touring the world I mean I know I love the playoffs too But I mean, worst case scenario, you win two rounds, you don't even win a conference, you get nothing but extra hard work on the body and got to come right back. And I'm convinced in hockey that some of these years, I know what happened to L.A. when they were a bit of a dynasty there 10 or 12 years ago. I think Chicago, like eventually you just wear out because you're playing 10 months of hockey and everybody else is playing seven and a half. Anyway, I just I think the season is too long for for many reasons and baseball should be over right now.
3: It's interesting you mentioned uh, the boys of October because uh baseball is now squeezed into sometimes in November, right? Yes. And and you have some yes. of those outdoor ones like you know the NFL is now into February. It always used to be done in January and it's just you know it's stretching it out longer and I'm with you, man. I do there there is a little bit of viewer fatigue. Now, if your teams in it They'll be like, what are you talking about? Right? Yeah. So one year out of how many if your team's in it, great. Right? Uh otherwise you're just and and the re the reality is you don't need like eight preseason games in NHL is the biggest farce going. I don't care what anyone says. Like, give me a break. You don't need it. It's been proven you don't need it. Um, you know, now they've got bye weeks and there's multiple bye weeks and they, you know, uh and yeah, I get the rest thing factor, but uh It doesn't seem like the NFL, they talk about rest, but now they're playing Thursday. So guys are actually even have less rest between some of their games. So yeah. like the, the, the I honestly, I think it's a total valid thing, man. To me, like if, if it was if baseball had handed out the World Series last week, totally fine. Totally fine. And yeah. same with NHL. There's so many fans who are like, man, end of May done. If you want to squeeze it to June 2nd, 3rd, 4th, okay, I can live with it, right? Maybe a few years, uh, you know, some teams playing 26 games because they go 7-7, seven, 6-6 seven, six, six or something like that, whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, for the most part, I do think they stretch it out too long and it, uh, it becomes a little bit fatiguing because right now in baseball, like I'm enjoying it, but I, I do find like, yeah, there's lots going on, but, and I love the games. Um, but it does seem a little bit longer, especially when I watch in certain places and you're in October and, you know, the fans are in there. Everybody's got toques on. They're sitting outside with their gloves. I'm just like, really? I don't think this was the plan when they first started the league.
0: Right? No. Like, you, no. And, you know, like I don't people say, well, you know. This if it goes into mid-November, this pitcher plays plays better at the colder it gets. I'm like, okay, but who cares? Like I, I don't know. It's baseball. I don't really care about that stat. How how good they can pitch in the snow? It doesn't matter to me at all. Uh, and. You know, in every market, let's just say you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan and they're still in. Now, the other night, Connor, Mc, Connor Bedard is in Toronto to play. Toronto wins their first couple. Matthew's got two hat tricks in a row. There's a lot of reasons to go to the Leaps game, no matter how big a Blue Jays fan you are. Now, if it's over two weeks ago, you don't have that problem to deal with. And every market, Phillies, right? The Flyers are playing tonight, right? The, the Oilers are a big draw. Connor McDavid's in town. But the Phillies are also playing. Like, and I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure it'll be sold out. But with viewers and interest, I just got to believe that earlier is better. There's just way more options. And now the NBA is starting and the NFL is well in and there's more storylines and there's more reason to watch. And, and you're going to try to wedge your playoffs after a hundred and sixty two games. Are we kidding? And look who's left. Look at the teams who are left. They're all teams that you didn't expect to be there. People had the Dodgers picked in Baltimore, Milwaukee. They're all gone. So we could have done this after 62 games, not 162. Now I know they'll never change that, but there's got to be ways to shorten this down. There has to be. The different the outcome is no different other than home Profit. And obviously, that's a big deal to owners, but I'm thinking you're starting to lose the fans on the other end.
3: Well, and, and here's one thing that's totally different. We do have to go to break, but, but we'll get into this conversation uh, a little bit more moving forward. Is like you look at Winnipeg. Winnipeg had 11,000 fans. Washington Now, Washington's been good for a long time, so you go cyclical, but I, I wonder how much concern there is when you look around. Like even Edmonton, the Edmonton has the best player in the game. They're going to the most offensive teams in the league, and they're not selling out every game, right? Like the economy. Plays a factor. The price of pro sports now is, I I do wonder if there's ever going to be a tipping point. It's a whole other conversation. But I wonder for the average fan, if it ever becomes too much to to buy a jersey at that price, to go to the games at that price, to have a beer at that price. I I know there's lots of people that tell me, you know what? Uh, They go to the ice house or the brew house before, and they have four or five beers there, so they only have to have one at the game. Just because the price is way better. So it's food for thought. Uh when we come back, Mark Spector, where will he join us from today? He was on the goalie net yesterday, in our sorry, in Nashville. We'll find out uh where is Speck uh next on the Jason Greger show on sports fourteen forty with Terry Ryan, presented by PlayAlberta. We're about an hour and a half from puck drop oilers taking on the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Uh Jack Campbell will get the start in goal. Uh we think De Harnay's in for Broberg, but uh, maybe not 100%. We'll, we'll find out in a second in the uh, spec report brought to you by GS Construction. They're always looking for good people. And if uh, well, uh, Terry Ryan could talk a little bit about their, uh, their owner, Teran Sanwith, a uh, really good dude, uh, stand-up guy. Uh, terrible outlet passer, though, ATR. Eh,
0: Ha <laughs> The Sandman. Yeah, I had the privilege of playing with the Sandman in St. John's in ninety nine, two thousand, and uh, hit your he, ankles a lot on those breakout passes, didn't he? Uh, he was okay. Sandman. That, to be honest with you, that was one of his forte's. Okay. Uh, in other words, he wasn't on many power plays. Uh, Sandman was high off the glass. Hey, you want to talk in front of the net, though? There you go. That that conversation we had about being in front of the net. Yeah, Sam Mann would fight a lot. ex Oiler too, by the way, got eight games in with the Oilers. Um, Sam Samman would fight anybody that came along, but he didn't like. We would go on. The, he's he's still the the only player that I know that I saw with my own eyes get a degree at the back of the bus. He took all online. He graduated from Queens, got a business degree. Um, I know a lot of people do it. A lot of people take the odd course but he went hard and so an intellect and never ever saw him with a fit of rage or anything when even in the middle of a game just he knew as a teammate hey i'm six four two twenty five that guy's running around okay and you know i'm not going to say was the best fighter but would fight anybody and 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 really was dangerous if he hit you with a good one but he was a stay-at-home and just a great guy obviously we're still friends but um We're friends, and we were awesome teammates, but he was real hard to play against. And he was a legend. I came into Tri-Cities. He was just leaving. So he'd left this storm of... (laughs) <laughs> stories and crazy legendary things that he was almost like Paul Bunyan or something. When I came in, like when I play with him in St. John's, I couldn't believe I had a chance to meet him.
3: Anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, there you go. That's the guy you can work for at G S construction. As we uh, welcome in Mark Spector uh, joining us uh, from Philadelphia is not on top of the net. Like he was in uh, Nashville spec, but uh, you're on top of things. Um, uh, Jay Woodcroft is always uh, it's the caramel secret when it comes to the lineup spec. Um, are, are, is your best guess uh, you're thinking DeHarnay's in for Broberg, or do you think there's a chance they might go eleven and seven?
4: No, I think he's in for Broberg. That's what I got. That's certainly what we read off the skate this morning. Uh, it was very clear Jack Campbell was playing goal the minute the skate starts. He's in that net. He's playing. Okay. Uh, and as the skate unfolded, DeHarnay was the one that was getting the regular uh, partner with Kulak. And Broberg was kind of jumping around guy to guy. So it's, I think they're going to go 12 and seven, or 12 and six. The only way Broberg stays in is they go 11 and seven. I don't see that yeah. happening.
3: Okay. Uh The Philadelphia Flyers, 2-1. Uh, and one. Uh, Carter Hart gets a shutout in his uh, home opener. He had one shutout at home in each of the last three years, so he's off to a very good start. He's 9.22 save percentage. You go up and down the lineup spec, uh, this is another game like Tuesday where the Orders should win. Now, their offense showed up. Uh, their goaltending was unbelievable. I think they'd probably want to li- limit the shots and limit some of the quality chances they had against Philly. Uh, any conversation about just how many slot shots they're giving up thus far?
4: <laughs> no, I haven't had that conversation with them. But I'm not the guy going on the on those sites uh, figuring out where the shots are coming from. Uh, I didn't think that in the Nashville game. There were as many, but, uh, again, that's the old eye test. I could well be wrong. Is that what, is that what your uh, nerds are telling you, Jason?
3: Well, not the nerds. No sports <laughs> logic uh, applied to it, so get all, all the numbers. And just Edmonton has – well, really, spec. They're, they're still giving up way more off the rush. Like, Nashville was the first team that actually had any – like, Vancouver didn't hardly create anything off the cycle because they were never really in the defensive zone very often, right? Um Nashville was a little bit different. And I look, and you know, when the game's five to one, obviously I kind of, you know, I don't really calculate the third period stats. It was six to one, actually. So I don't really take too much stock into the third period stats, but it was even, even in the first and the second, they were giving up too many slot shots. And, and that's the orders are 30th in the NHL through three games. Not, it's super early, but you know, they're not giving up a lot of slot passes spec, which tells me that they're just allowing guys to carry the puck into the slot to get the shot.
4: I guess so. Maybe this is part of a team that's been switching its defense. You know, we've, all, we've seen certainly in the first two games against Vancouver, we saw a little bit of evidence of guys not being, you know, where we're used to them being. Guys are moving into this zone defense that they're trying to play this year, and it's going to take some time. There's going to be some mistakes. And not, not to the tune of 8-1 losses every night, my friend, but, uh, you know, there's more to it than just a new defense when you lose 8-1, is my point. But uh, you know what? There's going to be some. There's a bit of a learning curve here. You don't just adopt the new system uh, in three games. So I agree with you on the Nashville thing. I mean, that game was 2 nothing. Then it was 4 nothing. Then it was 4-1. And there was a push right there. Nashville had a push at 4-1. That part mattered to me. We we're watching intently. Boom. Oilers score. It's 5-1. Any stats that happen after that 5-1 lead, pal? It, don't they call that score effects?
3: <laughs> I think they right? do. Yeah, I, I think, think they, they do. do.
0: TR yeah. Spec yeah. Drysite 34 points in 12 games against Nashville. Guys, am I reading that right? I got it written down. That seems wow. that's a staggering stat. <laughs> Do you see a reason for this? I mean, I know bounces sometimes happen and what goes up must come down, but that's staggering. Is there a specific reason that this has happened?
4: No one, if there is, I, no one's come up with it. Like, it's not like UC Soros isn't a good goalie, right? It's not like you're going to say, wow, look at Nashville's goaltending. It's no good. Soros good goalie. Uh, they're not a great team. They're clearly their penalty kill struggles against Edmonton. But, I mean, I ask guys on Nashville and I ask guys on Edmonton to give me, you know, a clue as to what's going on. And no one's got one. Do you, Terry? Have You, you watched hockey a long time. Well, how come he's so good against one team? Zach Hyman says, wait a second, he's good against all the teams. Not that good, though.
0: Well, yeah, there's good and then there's, Uh, incredible and then there's off the charts unbelievable and in today's game i think that's unbelievable now you talked about goalies saros yes great goalie now this georgiev is that how you pronounce that guy's georgiev yeah in Um, colorado colorado's three and oh but i think his save percentage is like up around nine nine four nine five is how much of the three and oh with colorado is the goalie and how much is you know they've got a great team
4: I guess I'm going to say to you, I've watched Georgiev play for a couple of years here on and off. He came in as a backup uh, and he's kind of worked his way into the starters role in Colorado. He's got to do it for a lot more than three games before I'm going to say, uh oh, Colorado's got an unbelievable goalie that's going to take him to a Stanley Cup. He might be that guy, right? He might be that guy, but he hasn't done it yet. He's had a nice start to a season. I'm not telling you I watched all of Colorado's game. I've just seen a little bit of them. Uh, they're playing very well in front of them, but... Don't you think we need a little bit bigger sample size, gentlemen, before we start uh, handing over the Vesna to uh, Georgiev?
3: Yeah, he was pretty good last year, though. I will give him credit. He was pretty, and he started one of the few guys who started over sixty games. That to me, that's my always concern. Now is when I look at goalies. You know, now Vasilevsky's done it, but it, it does seem to be, you know, it's kind of rare the goalie that can play sixty in the regular season and then maintain that uh, throughout the postseason. I'm not sure why, but uh, maybe just because it's hard to do, and it might not even be the fifty. Sixty games. It might just be the fact that it's hard to do it for uh, for an extended period of time. Uh, we'll see. What's your thoughts on on the Flyer? Now we know Jordan, John Tortorella's teams work hard, Spec. We know all that, but um, th- like they don't have a ton of talent top to bottom there. But like the organization doesn't seem like they want to rebuild, right? Like, what do you make of the Flyers and where they're at?
4: The Flyers have, have been like Vancouver. They've tried like crazy to avoid the rebuild, and as such, they've just remained a lousy team for a long time, right? They haven't done it right. They blew some draft picks. They should have picked Kale McCarr. Uh, they ended up picking the kid from Brandon that ended up in Vegas. It's, Nolan Patrick. Uh, thank you very much. It escaped my brain. Uh, you know, those are fatal flaws, right? You could have Kale McCarr on this blue line right now, and you don't because your GM screwed it up. Ronnie Hextall... In, you know, he did some good things as a GM, but in terms of executing a rebuild, he wasn't very good at it. Uh, I, I'm not going to break any any great new news here when I tell you anybody can start a rebuild. Rebuilds <laughs> are easy to start, yes, but executing a rebuild is a whole different ball game. And the guys in Vancouver, the guys in Calgary, the guys in it's Van- certainly the guys here in Philly. They haven't figured out the execution part of that formula.
3: Well, order fans would sit there and, you know, what they saw for years. and the orders didn't necessarily do it either. It took, although, although I will say after studying it for a long time, like legit rebuild spec are minimum eight years, minimum. Like that's just, that's just how it is. It's, it's so hard because by the time you start a rebuild from the get go, that first pick isn't the start of your, like people thought, oh, Taylor Hall. Okay. They pick first ones. And that was, a no, that was like the start of it, of the rebuild. And it took how long until they became a competitive team? Like, they made the playoffs. And even after Taylor Hall, they made the playoffs once in nine years. Right? Like, it is it is hard, man. When you got to rebuild everything, you're going to need multiple good picks before
0: you become good.
4: What about your old team, Terry? The Habs haven't exactly uh, mastered this rebuild thing either.
0: No, but they're the same. Exactly. They, they, they've been treading in. Uh, mediocre water for a long time. But I think now I, th- I think now they're full. When, when St. Louis came in, that gave me the feeling that the young guys now are going to get the baton. I keep speaking about my buddy Alex Newhook. And uh, Newhook's a great player. Uh, Colorado got what they wanted, obviously. I mean, they've, they've drafted him in the first round, but I don't think he's ever had a, a chance to spread his wings. And now he's with a true rebuilding team that I, I think is going in the right direction. A lot of that... You're right. You know, Vancouver's just seen blah, like what's happening? Same thing with Philly for a while, but I think Montreal uh, do have the formula for it, but it takes a while. Now, listen, talking about rebuild, I, Philly and John Tortorella, he doesn't seem like that guy to me, but... I mean what's the vibe there? Is he the kind of coach you want? I don't mean this in a negative way either. I think he can still be a great coach. Just to me, a bunch of guys that are looking to a team that's looking to rebuild, I don't know if the shoe fits. What do you think?
4: <laughs> Is he patient enough with young players? Is he the kind of guy that you can make mistakes for and get an and, and still get enough ice time to learn from those mistakes? Right? It's you know, If Torts was in on this conversation with us right now, he'd tell you he's exactly that guy. He's building a culture. He's teaching guys what it's going to take to win when they're older. But the Torts that we see and the Torts we talk to after games, uh, when guys don't play well, he's hard, hard, hard on them. And maybe that's how you bring up a player these days, Jay. I don't know. Uh, But I'm I'm with you, Terry. The, the, The two words... You know, mentor, rebuilding mentor, and John Tortorella haven't been spoken in the same conversation much in his career so far.
3: Well, I, and you know what it is, Spec? It's Tortorella, he gets guys, Will he'll get the most out of guys, and sadly in a rebuild. So instead of picking top three, you'll pick seventh to ninth. So it doesn't really help you, right? Like they think it's helping them. But ultimately, it doesn't because Tortorella can get the most out of guys spec. But I, not that you don't want the most out of your players, but you don't want enough to get you out of the top three picks. Because sure, like Kale McCarr, Colorado, they lucked out that they took him fourth because the other three teams missed on him. Right. That, that's what happened. It wasn't like Colorado was like and Colorado. Remember how mad they were and how mad their fan base was because they were the worst team that year. And then they lost all three rounds of the lottery and dropped to fourth. Right. And it turned out to be like the saving grace for them because even they admitted that had they had the number one pick, they might not have taken Kale McCarr. So, you know, sometimes you got to be a little lucky, but the odds will tell us here historically that if you get the top three picks, you got a better chance. And I look at Philadelphia and I think what Tortorella does is they're not good enough because they don't have the talent to make the playoffs, but he'll make them good enough that they're not a top three picking team unless they luck out and win the lottery.
4: Well, listen, this is what's so hard about rebuilds. I don't want a coach that just is happy with everybody losing either. True. Right? Like, I don't want a coach that just says, ah, that's okay, you're minus four tonight. You're getting another 20 minutes ice time tomorrow. Like, nobody, that's not teaching anybody anything. So this is the balance we walk when we're, you know, look at Chicago. I think they're the most modern rebuild, right? They absolutely, unequivocally tanked in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. You know what? With Luke Richardson as their coach, and he's a pretty good coach and a, a solid, really solid guy. Uh but they tanked, and now they got Bedard and they bring in a couple veterans. To me, you know, Kyle Davidson is running the most recent, most modern, uh, and sort of the hippest rebuild we've had lately. And they didn't get the superstar. So let's see what happens in Chicago. Maybe they're the one everyone's gonna follow down this path.
3: But they also won the lottery, right? They kind of got lucky.
4: Well, if you don't put yourself in the position to win the lottery, you can't win the lottery. True. Right?
3: Yeah. Fair enough. Very valid, spec. Um, speaking of uh, of the Flyers, and, and you look up and down their roster, can you tell me what what should I watch about? Zem- Is it Zamula? I don't even know. Like he scored his first NHL goal the other day. Honestly, I'd never heard of him. Obviously, I'm not going to know every player in the NHL. But uh, what are you hearing? What's the excitement about this young D-man?
4: Igor Zamula, and he spells his name with an E for Pete's sakes. Hey, buddy. I can't tell you I know much about him, right? He's another young guy who's going to get a bunch of ice time here. You know, their defense, like Travis Sanheim, he's a kind, he's, when I look down their defense, I'm looking at who's going to be here when this team's good, right? You know, and, and we're going to figure that out. Travis Sanheim, he's probably a guy. Mark Stahl, he's not going to be here anymore when this team's good. Nick Seeler, he's probably not going to be here anymore when this team's good. Sean Walker, he's the one, the Sean Walker that was in LA, Correct. Yes, I believe so. You know, I doubt he's going to be here. Rasmus Ristolainen, he might still be here when this team's good. So, Igor Zamula, pal, <laughs> let's go. Let let me shift this one over to Terry Ryan. Tell us all you know about Igor Zamula. <laughs> <Harry>. <laughs>
5: Crickets.
0: <laughs> Crickets. Uh, but
3: but you know what? Like I, I was reading up on him today, and people in Philly are pretty high on him. So. Uh, you know, we'll see. So somebody to watch for Oilers fans. Uh, most of them, uh, I'm assuming that unless you're a diehard, uh, fire fan, you're probably, uh, watching him for the, uh, for the first time tonight. And, uh, you yeah. know, he was, he's an undrafted player. He's 23 years of age. And, uh, you know, he, the, the Flyers had signed him. He's been in their organization for a few seasons. And I think he's played about 24, 25 games. Prior to this year, and you know, offense doesn't seem to be his calling card. But he was a half a point a game guy in the American League as a defenseman spec, which uh, which isn't bad. But when when you're a young team. And you're a rebuilding team. These are the type of guys you hope to find. Because if you go back and look at some team, there's lots of examples of teams like, you know, Yanni Gordon, Tampa Bay and other ones where you kind of find this guy that no one thought he was not drafted or it's a seventh rounder. And the guy turns out to be a very good player for you. And and that suddenly makes (laughs) your rebuild a heck of a lot easier.
4: Well, those are the free players, right? Yes. You, listen, you can't only be a team of first-round picks. No. I mean, the Oilers are a great example. You know, let's talk about rebuilds in Edmonton. Like the Edmonton's rebuild was as long as anybody's, and as as ham-handed at times as anybody's. There's a there's a trick to doing this. There's a, a skill and, and a metric. Um, the, and the first one is it's you're. I, we learned in Edmonton, you can have four first overall picks it doesn't mean you're going to be a good team. Even when one of them's is Conor McDavid, you still didn't make the playoffs for a while. So you got to draft well in the other rounds. You got to score on a guy like Zamula or a, you know, a guy that comes out and like, you know, like, like Tampa did with Martin St. Louis, right? Everybody had Martin St. Louis and didn't want him. Turned out to be a pretty good player, hall of fame player. So, you got to score a guy that you're smart enough to find. And and, and picking first overall, you don't have to be smart. I'm talking about guys you pick up along the way. Even a player like DeHarnay, you know, that Edmonton has. He's a deep draft pick. He's a guy that no one ever thought was going to play. You know what? I don't mind that player. He's not a bad player. And Right now, he's chasing a guy like Broberg, who was a first overall pick. And I'd say to you that DeJarney is squeezing more out of the lemon than, than Broberg has thus far in his career.
0: Spec, Spec. Uh, go ahead, Terry. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. That's it. I was just actually, I was,
3: was going to say goodbye. So, if you have one more question, you go right ahead.
0: Well, I did. I'm curious because one of one of the m- most intriguing players for me in the last few years is Evander Kane. Uh, because of his tumultuous past I guess, his roller coaster kind of career and he seems settled down. Speck just wrote an article on him that I found was pretty interesting. Now I know he's not off to an unbelievable start but he seems really comfortable. I think you said right now this is the Kane that Atlanta drafted. Um, Why do you think we have the real Vander Kane now and what do you think his season is, uh, what do you think his ceiling is this year?
4: Well, you know what guys, like some players you just draft them and they they turn into who they're going to be and you live happily ever after. And other guys turn into to like, I want to give you another example. I am trying to think of one. Like, like Zach Cassian, okay? Zach Cassian, I mean, he was a first over our first round pick by Buffalo. Didn't work out there. Ended up in Vancouver. Didn't work out there. Ended up in Montreal. Didn't work out there. When Edmonton got him, they got him at the right time, right? He was good in Edmonton for a couple of years there. I get it, bad contract, all that. Stuff. I, I, I watched the movie, but Edmonton got Zach Cassian at the right moment in his life, and he was effective. I think Edmonton has Evander Kane at the right moment in his life. He's got kids. I could tell all you guys, you you all know this. You get kids, you grow up fast, right? He's been through some stuff, all of his own making, but those are the things that make you grow up. You sit in that bankruptcy court with those lawyers, and you grow up awful fast, I'm here to tell you. So my point would be this. There's always been a good player there. Fender Kane's a big power forward. He could shoot, he could score, he'll fight a little bit for you. He's tough. I love that player. He's a power forward. But now you got him at the right time. So this is he's 32. He doesn't have a whole lot left in his career, but I think Evan is going to get the best part of it here. Slow start this season. I wouldn't worry about it much. I think he's a pretty good player, don't you? Mm.
3: Oh, yeah, well, Kane, you know what, uh, Kane, get through the regular season, stay healthy, and be ready in the playoffs. Uh, and not just get through the regular season, do nothing, obviously he's got to contribute, but doesn't need to have career numbers, right? Like if, if Kane scores you 25 to 30 goals in a regular season, Perfect. you're probably pretty happy.
4: Perfect. Yep, yeah. I agree. And he rides with McDavid. Doesn't hurt having a guy riding with McDavid that keeps, oh. flies off a little bit, right? I'm not saying he's Ryan Reeves, but you know what? He's not Kyler Yamamoto either.
3: No, in today's NHL spec, <laughs> Kane Kane's one of the top top. Like, there's very few guys in the league that. Uh, and now, Kane's fought Reeves. I probably wouldn't recommend him doing it. But there's not a lot of guys around the league in today's era that, who play again because it's not like other teams are putting. You know. Reeves isn't going to play against McDavid and if he is then the orders are very excited about it right like there's just not a lot of guys so the few guys who are out there against him if they decide to be an idiot well then Kane's not going to be afraid of them and he can jump in at, at that moment if need be it's always easier to I think protect a guy Terry when you're on the ice with him than trying to protect him from the bench after the fact I've always thought that was very difficult to do
0: yeah for sure, and the way um, Kane just you know if it was me playing against him, he would add a level of toughness he, he, he forces you to keep your head up. you know you know where he is on the on the ice. I like that. I really respect him as a player that 's why he's intriguing to me guys. I think he 's an ultimate power forward, like kind of like a Brendan Shanahan of nowadays, but really hasn 't had a chance to spread his wings. I mean, I guess he had a chance, but hasn 't spread them for one reason or another, but uh, yeah, I think I think he 's going to be flying myself. Thanks, Speck. Enjoy the game
3: tonight. Uh, we'll uh, we'll watch it with interest starting about an hour's time.
4: All right, boys. Have a great night.
3: That's uh, Mark Spector joining us from Philadelphia. Orders taking on the Flyers tonight uh, in around about an hour's time or so. Uh, we'll see if they ever start on time. Although I will say Nashville, shout out to Nashville, baby. That game actually started on time. It was amazing. Amazing. About 6.08, puck drop, our time good we'll come back with uh five questions more that was a spec report brought to you by g s construction is the jason gregor show live on sports 1440 also orders nation youtube presented by playalberta.ca game day on sports 1440 gregor ryan hallie with you hope you're having an awesome day we are back live in the ewell studio uh they just want to pass on a big thank you to everyone who uh showed up today for their grand opening uh, it was fantastic see uh Many of you there, a few Sports 1440 listeners came down, had some uh, great lunch. Uh, EWEL, like you huge sports fans, they just are as passionate about sports as they are about electric. Anything you need electrical. They have it all in the brand new store on 116th and 186th Street. Check it out. EWEL.ca. The orders are in Philly. Tonight, uh, Jack Campbell's getting the start in goal against Carter Hart, who will make his fourth start of the season for the Flyers. As we get now to five questions, or as Connor Hyland likes to call it, to sink, Castillo brought to you by The Brick. And their scratch and save event is on now, where you can save an additional 40% off. There's over $115,000 in instant prizes to be won right now at The Brick thebrick.com.
5: It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys. Uh, about 45 minutes. Give our takeaway from puck drop out in Philly. The Oilers taking on the Flyers. Uh, let's get a prediction once again and the biggest key to victory for the Edmonton Oilers.
3: Go
0: ahead, TR. Uh, I think they got to stay out of the box. Like I said earlier, Philadelphia... Even though they're rebuilding or whatever you want to call it, they have a, uh, a Tortorella's coach, and they got a big crowd behind them, and they feed off. They don't have any monsters, but they they, they feed off crowd energy, and they got a couple of guys that will try to get you under your skin and uh, outwork you because they know they're playing a more talented team. So I would definitely stay out of the box, try to stay disciplined, and not only when I say disciplined do I mean like from taking penalties. Uh, as we talked about systems and stuff, they know what they're doing, Stick to your role, and um, mistakes will happen. So turnovers are going to happen. Just play solid defensively.
3: I would look at uh, cons tonight. Uh, to me, really the biggest one for for the Orders is just you know, play up to your capabilities because I think top to bottom, they have a better lineup, and they should win this game. And I would expect the Edmonton Orders to win this game um, But based on my research On the recent road games Where the Orders have been one of the best road teams in the NHL By the way since the start of last season right? Even including the debacle in Vancouver The Orders When they are leading or tied After the first period They are 24-0 and The last two years On the road When leading or tied after one period So take it to the bank If they're leading or tied after 20 tonight
5: Question number two is Alexander Ovechkin's air quotes, slow start through three games being overblown. Or do you think there's something there? Yeah. No shots on goal the last two games.
3: Well, the fact that it's the first time in his career at the, the guys played like almost 1400 games and to, to never not have a shot on goal in consecutive games is pretty damn impressive. So I'll just start there, right? Like let's focus on the fact that how ridiculous that is that he went that long before he did it. Um, well, Ovechkin's 38. Of course there's going to be a slowdown. But, I, yes, I think uh, people – I remember, what is it, a decade ago, and, oh, look, he's slowing down. He's not scoring – he scored 32 goals. And then what has the guy done in the last decade? So um, until Ovechkin goes a full season and slows down noticeably in production, I'm not calling for him to slow – down. like, if he scores 35 goals this year, will it be a bad year? No. It would be a little bit lower because the guy set such a high bar. But – yeah, I, I don't think that the wheels have completely fallen off like some have suggested.
0: He's 38. I, what is it? I think after 30 or 32, your body just starts losing lean muscle tissue. Your bones become less dense. In other words, yeah, he's losing a step. Yes, he is. I mean, how how much has he lost? I don't know. But the other thing that pro athletes do is adapt. And you talk to Tom Brady or Zdeno Chera or any age, George Foreman back in the day, any aging athlete, that is 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 getting up there and still putting up some decent stats. I think it 's about adapting and the thing about ovi is that he 's got that shot that he can just be standing there. some power plays he 's literally just standing there, yeah, he stands he can 't get tired because he 's standing there and there 's a lot of power plays in today 's game now he doesn 't have the same team that he used to have uh, in recent history it 's probably one of one of the lesser teams. But they're also gonna. That I, I believe Washington's going for that. I believe it's their Stanley Cup, at least one form of it, is to get him that record, and for good reason. So yes, he's slowing down. Do I think it's going to be a major fork in the road? I think he's still going to break the record. Apologies to all Gretzky fans out there. I, I think records were made to be broken, but I think he gets thirty odd goals still. And is that slowing down? Yes, but is is he still one of the best scorers out there? Most definitely.
5: Question number three for you guys, Ducks' number two overall pick, Leo Carlson, will make his debut tonight. How many games do you think he'll play this season at the National? Hiring for
1: your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
0: this question come up a few times lately and as I understand it the guy went second overall they're rebuilding and they got him on the first line so I think he's out because of injury more yes. than anything he I don't was. think this is a uh, what's buddy Minton on Toronto he's going to play those ni- he'd be sent back to junior Fraser Minton is it Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, it's a similar situation I think Carlson's there and I think he's going to play every game that he's not injured. I mean, I'm just looking at where he's playing and the buzz around him, and where he went in the draft, and what team he went to. So I don't know. I'm saying seventy.
3: Well, did you see his coach's comments today? <laughs> he said they would ask, well, "What would you say to Carlson?" I told him. I said, "Hey, man, I expect you to be the best player on the ice." <laughs> Like now, I know what he's trying to say. Like, hey, man, I'm very confident in you. I want you to believe in yourself. But man, my goodness! Although, hey, maybe that's just the coach really pumping you up. And the kid leaves the room because he's 18 year old naive. He's like, yeah, I could be the best player on the ice. <laughs> so you know what? Maybe it'll work. But I, I expect. I'm with Terry. I, I think the the Ducks are. The Ducks are going to do what a lot of NHL teams do. They're going to be like, hey, you know what? We're going to rebuild, but guess what? We're going to force feed one of our teenagers, in the- and then if he doesn't have big numbers, well, what the hell? But trust me, I, I think he uh, he plays 70-plus games in Anaheim this year.
5: Question number four for you guys, since we had Sean Lights out of Merriman on the show today. When it comes to NFL nicknames, uh, who do you think had the best? Oh, man. That's a good question, man. There's that is a good
3: nickname, by the way. Um, if I, I, I'm gonna go with, uh, well, can I say the worst one first? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Football hated it. I just, I just want to point that out. I hate that nickname. Um, and, and it's not it because, like, if, you know what? I don't know. To, to get a nickname before you've really dominated in the, in the NFL, I know that uh, then you've got to live up to it. But I just hated that nickname. So I just want to go off and say that I did not like that nickname. But I'm going to go um, a very simple one, Mean Joe Green. I loved it. Simple, truthful.
0: William, Refriger- Is it William Refrigerator Perry? I don't oh, know yes. his first name. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you why. Like I said, we didn't grow up with, with football here, at least not being able to play it, but it was always on TV. And it made me, I'm like, why would they call somebody Refrigerator? And I remember it. it's when I learned what a linebacker was. So, you know, I wasn't a huge football fan early, but that kind of transcended the game of football. And it actually, it, it, it had me lay eyes on the game for the first time. So I'll go there. But a close second, I didn't realize till recently that they were calling the New York Jets Gang Green. I'd heard it, and I'm like, "What are they talking about? Is this, is some player like a disease? Like, who are they talking about?" When it comes up, those YouTube videos, like how it, it, the the um, the NFL, there's lots of them. I'll I'll watch YouTube at night, fall asleep, and when I wake up, it's gone into some rabbit hole. It's always the NFL, I guess, because I click on the highlights. And anyway, it showed the history of the New York Jets, and they called them Gang Green, and now I get it, but I didn't for the longest time.
3: Uh, that's good. Sweetness by Walter Payton is also another
5: one. Cons? What about you? Oh, there's tons. I liked Revis Island, uh, just because you know <laughs> when you're on the island, you're you're done. Daryl uh, Revis, he was going to shut oh, you yeah. down. That's so. oh, that's a cocky one. I like yeah, it. I, I like, like it. Revis Island was good. And final question for you guys: It was on this day back in 2018, the Halloween film reboot starring Jamie Curtis made a record 77 million dollars for a horror horror film with a female lead, uh, biggest debut with any female lead. Over 55 in the U.S. That's a very wordy thing. But it gets me to my question. Do you have a favorite scary movie film series? So
0: series is the thing. Mm -hmm. Series. And I'm going to go with real, real um, recency bias here. But I told you I just watched the Alien series. And actually, as soon as I flip this computer together, guys, me and my daughter, she hasn't seen them. And we're going to start that. I'm going to show her Alien and then Aliens, Alien Covenant, Prometheus. I thought they were brilliant, especially the first couple, although I did. If there was a second, it would be Saw, and for some reason they all get panned by critics. But the first couple I thought were creative and interesting. Now it's more about at least the last couple. I haven't seen the most recent one, but it's more gore, and I think they get off on that sort of... Um, you know, the the gory kind of crude level But the first couple I thought were great But when it comes to series, they're the only real two that i paid attention to I find Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street And those, I found those more comedy than anything
3: I am going to go with The Ring Now The Ring 2 wasn't great, but The Ring originally was so good mm. And mm. it's very scary, like The Ring was freakishly good and I liked it because it wasn't, like, like some scary movies end up, they're not even being scary. Like, they try to be scary, but they're not scary. The Ring was freaky, and I loved it. So I'm going to go with The Ring series. Not that popular, but The Ring itself, unbelievable. Good pick. I like it. TR,
0: have yourself a great weekend. We will chat with you on Monday. I certainly would. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Edmonton. And I will catch you guys on The Rebound on Monday.
3: That is uh, Terry Ryan, our Monday and Thursday co-host here on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley Sports update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Stop in right now, 156th Street, just north of the Yellowhead, or online at edmontonkubota.com, where you can get all compact B-extractors for 0% financing. That's 0% for 84 months. It's a great deal only at Edmonton Kubota.